Hello and welcome into Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier, and we are back again to talk high school sports. Uh, got a fun show lined up. We're going to talk to Page Girls basketball coach Randy Kaufman here in just a moment. We are also going to break down the hiring of Kevin Moai over at Lipscomb Academy and also uh, give some of our takes about uh, you know who should be maybe missed and miss Mr. Basketball uh, nominations as, along with just some of our thoughts on the area basketball scene. Uh, before we get to all that, though, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. All right, we are going to welcome in Randy Kaufman now from Page Girls Basketball. Uh, Randy, how are you doing today? All is great, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. We appreciate you being here. And uh, I know we're here to talk, Paige, Randy, but just real quick, let's just dive back into the uh, talk about a little bit of history here with you. Obviously, winning the three straight titles at Riverdale um, from 2016 to 2018. What was it like to be part of that experience? Uh, you know, it's so hard to three-peat in, in high school sports and any really at any level at any sport, but to do that the way you guys were able to at Riverdale, what, what was that like? What was it? Uh, just a, a great time, a, a great time in our state in girls basketball as well, even on the national scene. So uh, to be uh, to be blessed and be a part of that, it was um, it was just really a great run. Um, uh, wasn't anything in particular that uh, I felt like we did. I just felt like our kids uh, were really bought into hating to lose, and I, I think that probably overrode uh, many people's love of winning. And I, I think that really kind of defined that run for us when we were at Riverdale. Yeah, hating to lose—that's not a bad—that's uh, not a bad way to be. Um, there's a little bit of emotion, maybe a little more emotion in hating to lose. I don't know, but uh, Randy, first year at Page, uh, you guys are 14 and eight. Uh, how would you assess, uh, you know, the first 22 games of your of your time at Page? Well, it, it, it's been great. Uh, you know, our administration from Dr. Hill right down to Randy Hatley and, and even to uh, Mr. Reed, who I knew when I, uh, from his days at Blackman, uh, as well as Miss Sailors. They, they've just been uh, – they've been so supportive of our school and they entertain a school environment that's conducive not only to great educational benefits but also um, with a, an emphasis in, in the importance of uh, sports and the lessons that they teach. Uh, and I, I think that's carried right over to our to our uh, athletic director as well, and that's why you see the success that Paige has had in recent years. Yeah, you mentioned that success, and two players that were key parts of that were Mackenzie Cochran and Lily Wilkin. Of course, both of them have graduated and moved on now, but uh, in their place, Braley Bushman has stepped up in a huge way for you guys. I know she's signed to play at Trevecca. Uh, recently joined the thousand point club there at page and she's averaging 19 points, five rebounds, and almost three steals per game. What have you made of the way that Braley has stepped up and really embraced this role as kind of being your lead scorer and, and, and just leader in general? Well, it's a, it, it's a new, uh, it's a new role for her. Um, she's been a closer, a finisher her whole career um, behind, as you mentioned, two outstanding guards and, you know, Braley's kind of had to had to adapt and grow as a player. You know, greatness occurs when those around you are better because you're on the floor. And I, I'm really starting to see that happen with Braley. Uh, you can even look at last night's statistics. She had 12 points. She had eight steals. She had eight rebounds, and she had seven assists. You know, that's different for her. That's that's uh, you know. 
her her having to take on a role of making a younger group uh, around her better. And, uh, you know, that's hard. That's hard at first, especially when you're settled in to a style. And uh, I think it's just a tribute to the kind of player she is and uh, currently, and then also what kind of player she's going to be for tobacco. Yeah, one of the younger players in your program, Randy, uh, that's making an impact is Mary Elizabeth Fox. Uh, as a sophomore, what's she been able to bring to the table? Well, you know, she's she's super, she's super athletic, and um, she also, you know, her demeanor carries herself toward um, being able to handle adverse situations, whether that's uh, something that happens in a game or if that's tough coaching in a moment. Uh, she's always growing, and I really, it's really been cool watching her uh, grow up this season and become, you know, a primary scorer as a sophomore. And, you know, that's, that's tough. And, uh, you know, we've had to lean on her a lot, uh, especially with the injury to Sadie, uh, trying to find that third score. So, uh, you know, that second and third score. And, and she's kind of fell into that role of, of that, you know, that, that top three score for us. And, and so, you know, she, she's, she's uber athletic. Uh, she can shoot it. She can get to the rack. And, uh, uh, you know, just bless her. She, she'll do it with a smile, whether it's something wrong or something right. She's hard on herself, but at the same time, uh, I think she does a great job of keeping things in perspective. And when Ron Brock retired after the end of the last season and this job came open, I'm curious to, to know kind of what your mindset was about it. Obviously, Page is a school that's been competitive in a lot of sports at the state level recently, including soccer, uh, football, and girls basketball. And as somebody who's who's been with programs that have competed at a high level like that, I mean, is that something that made this job and, and Page attractive to you, just knowing that um, athletics are a pretty big priority there? Well, Ron did a great job, and I, I, you know, it it was uh, it's funny that you say that because I I literally um, taught school with Dr. Hill years ago, and I uh, didn't realize it at the time because her name wasn't Dr. Hill until I got I got it through to the interview. But but certainly, brought, you know, Ron laid down a, a foundation and a work ethic here um, that uh, you know in a winning culture, and I, I think that those things are attractive. Uh, for me, it was an opportunity to do something that that I've missed o- over the course of the last of the last eight years uh, in my coaching career. Um, at Dyersburg, I was able to develop relationships with young with our younger players. We were able to start the process of our culture and our program and what the expectation was at a younger a younger age. And that really was not the dynamics at Riverdale. And um, you know, at Lakeway, it was built from nothing. So that was a totally different uh, monster in itself. No school, no team, no nothing. So that was a different endeavor as well. But, you know, the, the lure has always been we want to, you know, the, the, the opportunity to coach kids who want to be at Page and to share, you know, our passion as a coaching staff with the development of those kids in the arena of basketball and then teach them to grow as young people too. So I missed that. That, that was my first 20 years of, of my coaching career at at Dyersburg was being able to have those relationships and, and I just feel like Paige is an excellent and, and a great opportunity to um, to have that same type of environment. I see you've got some family on the staff, uh, Randy, with Kate, one Cade Kaufman working as an assistant. What's that experience like, and how long have you two been uh, in this thing together? Well, you know, you know, Cade played uh, when he got down with his collegiate career. He played as a baseball player and. Uh, he had helped some on the side a little bit with individual lessons, and he really took to that. He, he loved that skill development side of it. 
And uh, he started working at, with me. This is year four. So three years ago, he started as our middle school coach, actually as a middle school assistant. And then he took the uh, head coaching job uh, two years ago and uh, did a great job of starting the process of our young kids and and what not only what the expectation was, but the system itself and getting those kids to be comfortable when they get to us at the high school level last year he was also a high school assistant for us and so you know this year taking over a lead assistance role and it's really been um exciting that you know you've got someone in your family who shares that passion but you know also being able to to maybe teach and mentor a little bit you know as you you get into um your um Upper years, I guess, would be a nice way of saying it. <laughs> but uh, it, it's really been a, a, a really cool environment here. And, um, you know, to share that with Ralph Ringstadt, who is uh, here in the community, uh, that's been really neat uh, as well. Uh, a set of veteran eyes that, that understands Paige and, and understands the landscape around here. He's been a vital help as well. So, Randy, it's hard to believe, but postseason basketball is right around the corner, and your team stands at 14-8. and eight as we speak here on a, on a Wednesday, what are you hoping to see out of, out of your group over these next few weeks before the, the tournament play gets rolling? Well, you know, it, it, it's, you mentioned earlier, you know, Riverdale and that type of stuff. And, and that's, and, and while it's, it's fun to look back at those memories for, for me, every year is a new year and you just want at the end of the year to have your kids maxed. And, and so it's that process of the journey of, you know, a 30-game basketball schedule and, and trying to, you know, go through the, the peaks and the valleys and try to teach in the peaks and try to, you know, uh, try to keep people grounded um, when things are really good and, and then do a good job of teaching through valleys. And and I think that that's, that's really what coaching is. And, you know, for us, you know, all we can do is try to get our kids to max at the end, and that's what we're excited about. So, you know, it's not something that we look at and we go, we're comparative to this group as opposed to two years ago, team or three years ago. It's, it was a new journey that started in May. And watching these kids grow is, is really a cool thing. And then trying to have them in a good spot mentally and physically and everybody clicking on the same page in February, that's really your goal as a coach. Oh, last thing, Randy, then we're going to get you out of here. Uh, you got games against – uh, Tullahoma and Lawrence County in your district, those teams are are coached by uh, Chad Hibden and Wendy Scott, respectively, who you know from their days at Blackman. Um, what is the coaching acumen like in your league? Oh, it's outstanding. You know, Wendy, Wendy does a, she does a good job, and she was there already on staff, so there was very little, you know, uh, where they had to learn something new. I think that helped them a little bit. Chad, you know, obviously he's done a, a, a good job. He's, he's, he's got state titles under his belt. He's coached at the collegiate level. But uh, I'm going to tell you, Chad Hicks over – or Chad Tips over at, uh, at, at, at Lincoln County does an outstanding job. And it, it's not by accident that they're, they're at the top of our division right now. And he's got kids that have been with him that understand his system. And, and uh, you know, they execute. So – you know, that's our challenge is new culture, new coach, new team, and new players and new roles. And, uh, you know, it's our job as a group is to just keep these kids growing. And uh, I'll be honest, guys, I, I think our best basketball is still in front of us. Uh, I do. Um, I look forward to every day at practice coming in and, and looking at the passion on our kids' face and how hard they work. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, appreciative 
uh, the opportunity that's in front of us. And, you know, our goal is to try to be the best at the end. That's right. It's all about peaking at the right time. And, uh, Randy, your team's playing well right now, so you gotta love got to love that at this time of year. And uh, we appreciate you taking a few minutes for us here to to join us and talk basketball. So, so thanks again for being here. Listen, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you reaching out and letting me talk about something that's important to me, and that's page page basketball. So uh, I wish you guys the best moving forward. All righty, Randy, thank you very much. Wish, wish your team the best of luck as well. That has been Paige, girls basketball coach Randy Kaufman. We are now going to take a quick break and come back with some uh, football and basketball discussion later on. So stick with us. Just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. <laughs> you really good try. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I need you to hang out, okay? Love your name, sir. The big news this week is that Lipsum Academy has replaced one former NFL player with another as its head coach, uh, hiring Kevin Moai, former Jets and Titan Center, who is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, a familiar name here around town. Tyler, you got to see his introductory press conference yesterday. What kind of stuck out to you about Kevin and kind of just the whole scene there at Lipscomb as it enters a new era here under Coach Moai? Yeah, I, I guess your first uh, task as a head coach is when you're introduced, if you're uh, – if you have the opportunity to be introduced with a press conference, which is not always the case. In fact, it's rarely the case in high school. I guess your first job as a coach in that situation is just to, I don't know, quote unquote, win the press conference. Um, I've always thought that's kind of a funny way to describe it. Cause I, I don't know a whole lot of coaches who have lost the opening press conference. They, you have time to prepare and uh, everything's rosy and fun when you're new and they, everybody's excited that you've been hired. And, but Kevin did that. He did a great job. He showed emotion on a couple different occasions on different topics that are important to him. Um, you know, he has a purpose in this job. I think he made very clear he didn't want to coach in the NFL anymore or really be in the NFL. I think he's got a higher purpose when you look at his faith, as he described. Uh, so, and he, to, to say, uh, one thing a lot of coaches won't do is make the, make the jump and say that this is going to be their last job, which he did say a couple times basically saying uh, this is I won't work again regardless whether I get fired 
or uh, resign after a long time. Or he also said if he walks away from his contract, which I thought was kind of a interesting, maybe an interesting line to uh, say in your introductory press conference. But again, those are small. That's a small thing compared to what he did. He, 99.5% of the press conference, he was really good. And what's not to like about his background and his his he's got an assertive nature, uh, very straightforward. So I, I I liked what he had to say. So I wasn't there, but I got the chance to watch the press conference later. I had a lot of the same uh, thoughts there. And I, the last job line was pretty interesting, given that he you know he's he's still fairly young. Uh, you know, former players always seem you know a little younger than they are because they retire so so young. Even if you play till you're forty, I mean, you're only forty years old in the grand scheme of things. That's pretty young. But I think you live about ten extra years in the NFL. Yeah, when you think about <laughs> it, I mean, it's. Right, right, because it's just such a beating and pounding, especially for an offensive lineman like he was. But uh, it's definitely a bold statement to say this is going to be his last job, but I don't have any reason to doubt him. You know, he's accomplished just about everything you could want. Um, Like I said, pro football Hall of Famer. He was the president of the NFLPA. He's coached the NFL already. He has every reason to just ride off into the sunset and just vacation for the rest of his life. So clearly this is um, something he wanted to do and instead of feeling like he had to do it. And it sounds like whenever he's done here, he's – pretty much done with football and after that can maybe just take a little bit of a deep breath but it's interesting because there was some contrast i felt like to uh, some of the maybe some of the language that trent dilfer used and it, it seems like this is going to be maybe a diff- slightly different culture even if it is still that uh that nfl mindset that, that kevin moai is going to bring but how do how do we think that lipscomb fans and and coaches and players are going to kind of react to slightly different environment here as it would be with really any any coach that was not named trend over. Yeah. I think if, as long as they win, what's not to like, I mean, it's, that's all anybody cares about at the end of the day, how, whether, if you win, um, and as long as you win the right way, it, nobody's going to care. But I do think though, they're at least initially looks like there might be a little less pomp and flair. I mean, um, Trent Dilfer, used the skills that he gained as a, as an ESPN broadcaster to help, uh, ignite a lot of energy i think and i think that was needed for them at first it's probably not as needed now that people lipscomb's on the map you don't really have to do that although you just have to wonder how much uh how much of that culture uh did lipscomb enjoy maybe wants to continue to my knowledge uh, kevin doesn't have a twitter account so maybe the the will to promote and build awareness is not going to be as strong I don't think they fans won't care as long as he wins. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I really I don't think they will. But to us, it may it may all look a little bit different. And kind of as you uh, kind of as you mentioned, there's really the one thing that might be missing is the the brashness. I don't know. I don't know what the best word is for it. But just to be like, we're going to be the best. We're headed to the top. And maybe that's because Lipscomb's already in a really good place and he doesn't need to create any more expect un, unneeded expectations yeah i think you're right i don't think you need to i mean it's it's probably a good thing at this point to tamp down some of the mm-hmm. some of the language because i mean this is high school football after all the competition for them is going to get tougher this season so it's a perfect time to ease up on that because look nobody's arguing that lipscomb is the best team around i mean it's pretty clear that they were this past season so um maybe they'll do a little more of their play let that do the talking and uh i think all of us would be perfectly fine with that if they did but of course, they also have every right to, to brag, too, because they've got the bragging rights right now. Um, but it's, it's interesting, Tyler. This is now two coaches in a row where Lipscomb has really hit the jackpot um, trying to revive this program. And just thinking about where it was around 2018, I mean, it's just amazing to see how quickly they've come this far. Um, it's pretty clear that they're pushing to be a national 
powerhouse in, in high school football. Um, what's kind of your thought on that? I think it is uh, that reputation is built over a longer time than we've seen. Uh, I, I'm sure there have been teams that have popped into the top 25 rankings before and popped out. I mean, it happens and that to be in that ranking every year, I think is to be a, a national powerhouse. So that's a, that's a lofty goal and that takes time and that uh, takes the right, the right coaches. And certainly, but if you're looking at this on paper, Certainly, this is just a home run higher with what his ex- or with what his experience is. As you mentioned, his experience in the NFL, uh, president of the NFLPA, understands relationships. Uh, he's coached at every level. Really, it's pretty funny. Uh, I mean, he's coached at the NFL level. He has already been at the high school level. He even coached at the junior high level. So uh, the experience that he has compared to Trent Dilfer coming in is already more in terms of just coaching and uh, being on that side of things. So again, if he wins, that's, that's what'll happen. I think, I think the setup is, is right. It's conducive to be a national power, but he's, he's just gonna have to win. Yeah. The momentum is there. So it's clear that Lipscomb's trying to capitalize on that, you know, and, and why wouldn't they? Because when you think about this, I mean, when you think about universities, colleges, they always say that athletics are the front porch to their school. And I think, it's the same at Lipscomb University. I mean, when they made the March Madness, the, the tournament in 2018, what that did, the amount of free publicity they got out of that was um, hard to even measure. It was in the millions of dollars. And I think to a lesser extent, it's it's the same with a, with a great high school football team. I mean, with all the people that are moving to, to Nashville, Lipscomb Academy, if they continue on this track, it's going to be the school that everybody recognizes right off the bat. And I think uh, the value there to the school is tremendous, especially with how competitive it is around here with so many private school choices. Um, if you can be front of mind, I think that's something they definitely want to do. And having a great football team is a good way to do it, especially at a place that's backed by university, has a large endowment uh, that also doesn't have a football team already. So they don't have that kind of uh, that extra entertainment. I think having this high school football power over there in Green Hills is kind of maybe filled in a little bit of that gap that they're, that they're missing of not having that Saturday football vibes. They've said they've got Friday night football as good as it gets. So that's kind of where, where we're at with Lipscomb. It's going to be interesting to see how Kevin Y does here uh, in his first season, but he's got a lot of talent to work with and probably more talent coming in too. So it seems like Lipscomb's in, in great hands here. Yeah, no, totally agree. So let's take another quick break and then come back to wrap up the show with some basketball talk. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. The Mr. and Miss Basketball nomination forms are out and available to fill out, Tyler. So we're going to be working on those soon. Uh, a lot of good, good players out there, certainly, that could be considered. But as far as who you've seen so far, who are some names you're definitely going to be including on that list when you submit it? Yeah, I think the best players I've seen so far uh, this year are East Nashville boys guard Jalen Jones and uh, Ensworth guard uh, Jelani Cambridge and the girls. Uh, Jalen Jones is... 
I just really think that, um, and I know he's happy at, at TSU. I think he could have been a, a power five guy, and we're going to find that out eventually. His uh, leaping ability, his defensive ability, his handle on the basketball is, and I think it's it's a uh, high level. Uh, he, I think the jump shot is something he may need to work on a little bit. But in terms of this year, I think he's I think he's the best guard I've seen. And then Endsworth's uh, Jelani Cambridge, I think goes without saying. That's um, she's the top player in the country in her class and has made a lot of improvements. And then just become an older, more mature player. She's been uh, in the spotlight for so long. She was just a pretty tiny eighth grader not long ago with an amazing back, basketball acumen and background and pedigree and all that. But still, she's she's you know she's growing. She's uh, becoming a college basketball player. So yeah, she looked really really good last time I've seen her. And uh, at last check, she was averaging just over twenty seven points. Yeah, you can't beat that. And along with those two names, who I absolutely agree with, uh, the two of the best players I've seen are Brentwood Academy guard Tyler Tanner on the boys' side and Blackman guard Emily Munson. On the girl side, of course, Munson is signed with uh, Purdue, and she's having a great year. Um, she's pretty pretty tall for a guard, but that gives her a huge advantage, I think, out on the three point line. And um, you know, she she shoots it well from there. She can also get inside when she needs to and get rebounds, get buckets down there. Uh, and then Tyler Tanner's taking on a bigger role as well now as a junior. We've this is another player we've been watching and hearing about for a couple of years, and. He started to kind of pick up some offers slowly. I believe Vanderbilt is one that, that's offered him, and I expect that to just continue with the season that he's having. Ole Miss also for, for Tyler Ole Miss, there you go. So SEC is very much within reach for him. Um, and you put together the uh, the Fab 15 girls basketball rankings this week, and that girls list, uh, it's tough. There, there are some good teams in there that probably deserve to be number one. Uh, we've got Coffee County as number one right now, but – of those other that kind of that next tier of teams, who else do you think has a good argument to be that that tops uh, team in the rankings right now? Yeah, I kind of tried to write it all in every entry that, of our top six. That I, I truly think our top six. If you're a a fan of any of those teams or a coach or a player, you could sit down with one of us and state a case why you're number one. And I, I you know, I wouldn't have a whole lot of argument necessarily. Um, I think one through six legitimately could make that case. I. I think Cookville has an opportunity there uh, or has a good case. Cassie Gallagher, uh, 14.3 points per game, and uh, Jordan Gillies at 13.3. That's a great backcourt to have that you can almost count on for about 30 points per night uh, combined. Recently got a win over Blackman, which is obviously kind of trying to adjust uh, without guard Kalen Flowers, who uh, sustained an injury, and uh, her status is kind of up in the air from moving this uh, from here forward. So, Blackman's another team with a, a case, but kind of has to regroup a little bit because Flowers was such a big part of uh, what they did. But Cookville, only two only two in-state losses are to Blackman and, and Livingston, which I think are both teams that could claim number one. So as far as the Tennessee test, the teams here, uh, Cookville has done everything it's kind of needed to do. My pick is Webb School. They're at 19-4 and four right now. Uh, I think we've talked about them at least once or twice before on here, they've got six power five signees, which is just incredible. Uh, it's an interesting setup being a boarding school. So it's kind of, um, it's not like a lot of the other schools that we cover around here, but um, you know, their resume is impeccable. They've only lost out of state teams. They went up to Washington DC last week to play in a tournament that was uh, broadcasted on ESPN plus, And uh, they took down the uh, max press number five team in the nation, a La Jolla country day school from California. 
And they also lost uh, at the very end, almost sent it to overtime uh, against number two, Sidwell Friends, number two team in the nation. I believe they lost 52 to 50. So uh, they're right there with, you know, with the top teams in the country. And I'm not sure there's anybody in the state of Tennessee that could beat them. So web school would be my pick right now. Uh, and then Tyler, of some of these teams that we've seen recently, I know we've both been out to several games in the last week or so. Uh, what are just some, some thoughts from those, from those games or some takeaways that you've got from what you've seen? Yeah, on the girls' side last week, I was able to see Hillsborough and Brentwood, and it's to be seen whether or not either of those teams can make a state tournament run, but I think they're two groups that are on that cusp that could go into a sectional if, as long as they're playing at the right time and, and win and get into that group. Hillsborough beat Brentwood and what I guess some people – might consider, I don't know, some people out there were talking about it might be an upset. Uh, Brentwood led that whole game, and Hillsborough was able to come back. And Hillsborough's got some good pieces. Uh, uh, Camille Washam, um, Tasia Williamson, Reagan Starks, Ebony Donaldson create a really good group of guards, and Tasia Williamson inside is a really great piece. She averages a double-double. I think that's a group that they've been up and down when you look at their record, but is one that if they're playing at the right time could – could win that final game to finally t- to get back into the state tournament. And Brentwood, you look at what they do, ton of long-range shooters. They made uh, 17 threes in a win over Ravenwood last night. Um, you know, you had multiple players with with double digits, almost 20 points. So when you have that kind of firepower, uh, and if you get hot, certainly that's a, that could create a situation where you can sneak into. 17 threes will usually get the job done. Another team that can, can get hot like that is Independence on the boys' side and just real quick on the way out, their guard duo of Jet Montgomery and Tylen Lewis, who I wrote about last week. You can find that on MainStreetPreps.com. That is not a not a group that you want to find uh, across the bracket from you in the postseason. So they are rolling right now after throttling Franklin last week, and uh, we'll see if they can keep it up. But uh, I believe that's going to do us for today's show. So thanks for joining us. Uh, we hope to see you back same time, same place next week on Main Street Preps this week. Yeah.